Hey everybody, this week's Advent Reflection is based out of Matthew 2, verses 1 to 12. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all of Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea. For so it is written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly, and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word, that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star... They rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. This is a reflection on the scripture I just read, titled Wise Men from the East, it's out of a book called The Dawn of Redeeming Grace by Sinclair Ferguson. Without warning, Matthew has suddenly transported us to a scene hundreds of miles away from Joseph and Mary. Now we are watching a group of wise men whose adventurous story still captures our imagination. Bethlehem shepherds, by comparison, were two a penny. The church has never shown any real interest in their names. But in the Christian tradition, the wise men have become three in number and have turned into kings and had even been given names, Caspar, Balthazar, and Melchior. But who were they really? They were magi, traditionally translated as wise men, they were scholars, ancient philosophers. They were pre-scientific scientists of antiquity, observing the cosmos and keeping meticulous records of what they saw. Part of what drove their interest was the conviction that the events in the natural order influenced human life. They believed that the heavenly world above them disclosed significant truths about the shape of history around them. These specific scholars were astronomers who dabbled in what we think of as astrology. Lest we think of them primitive by comparison with our sophisticated modern society, we should note that the popular press is much happier to give space to daily horoscope than it is to give space to daily Bible exposition. That can only be for one reason. That's what people want. These scholars had observed a star which they had not noticed before. It had to be carrying a special message. Their research, 
perhaps in the great libraries of the ancient Near East, led them to the conclusion that a special king of the Jews had been born. They decided they would find him and worship him. Before we follow their journey, it's worth reflecting on some questions. How did they know that a king of the Jews had been born? And why did they go to worship him? What possessed them to make the wearisome journey? How did this star make such an impact on their lives? The Hebrew Bible may have given them clues. This does not necessarily mean they possessed the ancient scrolls. But some parts of the Bible story would have been known in the East because God's people had been exiled there. From their ancient records, therefore, the wise men may have known about the pagan prophet Balaam, he with the speaking donkey in Numbers 22. He came from Peor, in the region where centuries later Nebuchadnezzar defeated the Egyptians at a battle of Kardamesh. Balaam was summoned by Balak, the king of Moab, to pronounce a curse on Israel. Instead, he prophesied, I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come out of Jacob, and a scepter shall arise out of Israel. Numbers 24, 17. Here was a pagan prophecy about a star somehow related to the Jewish people, which predicted a new king. Perhaps the story of Balaam was still remembered in the traditions of the wise in the ancient Near East, and now, in the night sky, there was a new star. There is another biblical story these scholars may well have known. Centuries after Balaam, a teenager named Daniel had been exiled to Babylon. Re-educated by Nebuchadnezzar's wise men, Daniel had become the wisest of them all. He had explained dreams about a coming king and his kingdom, and had also a stunning vision about a son of man who would establish the kingdom of the Most High God, the Ancient of Days. Could it be that these men were wise enough to put two and two together? Even so, this alone would not fully explain their actions. The journey would be long and expensive. Interpretations of celestial signs had sometimes proved to be mistaken. Plus, the quest for a king might prove dangerous, which indeed it did. Yet something compelled them. Or someone. They experienced what the French theologian John Calvin often called a secret instinct of the Spirit. Every journey to Christ does. Knowing parts of the Bible is one thing, responding to them is another. Your journey to Christ may not have been so dramatic. You saw no star. Instead, by various means, the Spirit drew you to seek and find the Savior while others didn't. Some of us, when we look back on our own experience of a secret instinct of the Spirit, do see events and experiences that are remarkable to us. A much-admired Christian friend tells of meeting a man, also in the East, who was by trade a passport forger. He purchased stolen passports and reworked them. The photograph of a young woman in one stolen document fascinated him. He felt an inexplicable but irresistible compulsion to find her, which, since he had her passport, he was able to do. 
Long story short, he met her. Eventually, he told her he had fallen in love with her. Can you imagine the impact of her response? No, you have not fallen in love with me. You have seen Jesus in me, and he has been calling you to himself. It was true, and the one-time passport forger came to faith in Christ. My story is not so dramatic and unusual, but looking back, I can see how God created a secret instinct in me through the people I met, the things that were said, and the happenstances that took place, which eventually brought me to Christ. And these are no less remarkable. So today, in the light of the journey of the wise men, take a moment to trace your own journey and to give thanks for the people and the events that combine to bring you to worship Christ. And perhaps you should not be surprised if today you meet someone who, without realizing what is happening to them, is experiencing a secret instinct of the Spirit. Be ready to help them on the road to Christ. As you do this, I suspect you will find yourself agreeing with the hymn writer William Copper. God still moves in a mysterious way, his wonders to perform. Father, looking back, we can see your hand at work in our lives. You brought some of us to Christ through sorrow and others of us through joy. Thank you for those who pointed us to the Lord Jesus and prayed we would journey towards him. Help us to do the same for others. Amen.